Alright guys, welcome to episode 3 of Lifting the Lid. In this episode, expect to find out where you could be deployed if you join the Marines, the role the Corps played in Afghanistan, and how I got banned from a casino in Vegas. Let's get into it. Right, we're back. Episode 3 of Lifting the Lid. Okay, so deployments and socials today, obviously the Marines are involved in a fair amount of deployment, that's their major job, and... When you're not deployed on a combat tour or anything like that, you'll do some sort of social with the trip that you're on. So that's what we're delving into today. Structure-wise, we're going to treat this the same way that you treat a roast dinner. Right. Serious stuff. <laughs> we get your veg in, yeah. get, the, get, get the nasty stuff out of the way, yeah. and then we're on to the treats. Then we're on to the Yorkshire. Yeah, then we're on <laughs> points mean prizes then. <laughs> cool. Right, so in terms of deployments, yeah. obviously you never... I never, I was never deployed in a combat role, no. In a, in a live war zone. No, we covered that the other week, didn't we? Or last yeah. Week. But just given times and dates, most of the lads that you did yeah. serve with, if they were deployed anywhere, it would have been Iraq or Afghanistan. Yeah, so just because of timings-wise, obviously I joined in 2016, so post-2016... There was nothing going on, but before that, in the kind of last last decade before that, there was Afghanistan, Iraq. So the people I was serving with, like my corporals, my superiors, yeah, were that's where they tend to they they had been, I guess. So just for anyone who doesn't know, yeah, basic history admin, Afghanistan two thousand and one until twenty fourteen, fourteen, yeah. yeah, and then Iraq was slightly shorter, wasn't it? it before was, that. That was, was 2003. No, because you got the first call for Oh, yeah. That's, that well, they, they could have served in the first They would have served in the, f- the first, some of them, but only a few. And I'm on about kicking, kicking Saddam out. Right, got you. So that's 2003 to like 2011 or something. So they're kind of concurrent, that's why. Yeah. It's Afghanistan and Iraq, usually. People have been to both or just just Afghanistan deployment. Some people have been to both of them. Yeah, well, let's well, not got bogged down in the politics. Yeah. But they exactly. were both part of the larger war on terror, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, broadly. Obviously, you have no first-hand experience. No. But of the lads that you did serve with, what was their overall opinion of those conflicts in terms of, you know, is it somewhere you want to be sent? And I'm not a betting man, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I can imagine what the answer is. Yeah, a bit of a shithole, I think, is, yeah. is kind of the, the, the long and short of it. But essentially, it's, it's kind of weird because you don't really think about the big picture and like the you know the political effort or whatever or what yeah. the government's trying to achieve you kind of just from what I hear trying to get through that next day or whatever or look after your mates yeah around you and that's your main effort for that that, that set of 24 hours and you go again and go again until your tour's over so you're just worried about looking after yourself you're not really worried about why you're there or the actual broader effort for the most part unless you're Look, you have more pressing issues on your mind, don't you? Like, yeah. not, like, not staying getting, alive. Not, yeah, like, not getting fucking <laughs> not blown getting up. shot in the air. Don't care what George Bush said yeah, in his exactly. press conference. Yeah, you're not really tuned into all of that. Um, but yeah, I imagine a fairly low opinion of the overall place because of um, the way they were treated by some of the locals in that people would you know, pose as, as Taliban or as, sorry, pose as locals. And then there would be Taliban fighters or whatever, and they'd pull out whatever. That that's kept, that tends to be fairly common, I think, where there'd be people you'd be working with every day. Maybe they were in, in the Afghan National Army. Yeah. 
but actually they were a member of yeah, well, you're fighting an invisible enemy, aren't you? Yeah, really and in their back gardens, they yeah. know exactly where to hide. And all. It's, it's the just... problem with any like guerrilla war, really, because you never really know who's your enemy. No, no one's wearing a uniform, are they? No. <laughs> so they could just have a pitchfork in their hand one minute, and then an AK-47 the next, and then you don't know what to do. So. And as far as the Marines go, obviously, being an elite unit, yeah. they're going to get you know, the, the shitty end of the stick, aren't they? Yeah. So I think they were the first, oh, what was it, like... Fo- 40 Commando were the first British unit to deploy to Afghanistan in 2001. Right. And they were also basically one of the last to leave. Good boys. Yeah. Basically. Down the fourth. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, They would have gone to the sticky end as well. Like, there's Camp Bastion where the the wider forces were. Yeah. Oh, I've got some good stats on Camp Bastion. Yeah. And then down from that was Helmand Province where everything went on pretty much where, you know, all the the bad stuff happened. Yeah. and that was where it was quite sticky. So that's where the lads got sent, I think, for the most part. Yeah, so basically the war was supposed to be a quick what would you what would you describe it as? It was it was supposed to kick out Al Qaeda, wasn't it? It was supposed to be around yeah. Al Qaeda and instill a new government. Yeah, yeah. It was an insurgency, wasn't it? Yeah, it was insurgency it very quickly got, got bogged down in an occupation effectively. Yeah. Well that's kind of what it just turned into because yeah. it took so long to actually achieve the, the objective that it became sort of a, an op- occupation. So, just to quickly encapsulate mm. how the conflict escalated, yeah. uh, at its peak, mm. 137 UK bases, around 10,000 British troops, just in Helmand province. 10,000 in Helmand? Yeah, at, at its one peak. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Camp Bastion, as you mentioned, yeah. was the main UK base yeah. in Afghanistan. Its perimeter wall at one point was 20 miles long, Mad. It was the same size as Reading. Oh yeah, heard about that. <laughs> it, it also, I don't know if you've got this. It had like more air traffic, so more flights than is it Stansted on a daily got, basis, got, or is I'm, it? Different? I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> I've got the exact stat. Yes. Right. Okay. Really. So its runway is 2.2 miles long. Nice. Yeah. And per day, that accommodated more than 600 flights. That's so mad. I did my research right. Out. Last year, yeah. Heathrow, Heathrow averaged 536 a day. That's mental. So, so, to, so yeah, it's more busy than Heathrow. Contextualise that. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. yeah, it's basically a city. Yeah, it's a city and they, they just erected it Yeah. To, for, for like the people to fly into. That's where you'd stay for like a couple of nights or whatever. Then you'd go down to wherever you need to be. Basically like the green zone or... So if you, to, to try and obviously I have no experience with this, but if you if you put yourself in the shoes of like someone in forty commando or something, yeah, you've flown out to Afghanistan, yeah. Theoretically, you could have never left the UK before. Well, you theoretically could just be straight out of training. This happened yeah. a lot where people would be eighteen, seventeen, whatever, finish training next week. They're deploying to Afghanistan. It's insane when you think yeah. about it. And to put myself in that situation thinking about how competent I felt and how confident I felt. Obviously I did, but I definitely grew in confidence at a unit later on. Yeah. Like coming straight out of training and just having that 32 weeks. Remember, eight months ago these were civvies, we'd never held a weapon what before, I mean. whatever. And now you're in fucking hell, man. And now you, yeah, you're getting shot at, you know, you've got that a hardened sh- Taliban fighter across the desert. You know, it's just mental, That is it? shit. It's shocking. That is shit. It's shocking, really. But I mean, it's, it's a necessity thing, isn't it? Obviously yeah. we don't have millions of people to deploy so anyone who's trained has got to go and they would typically go you know if they were out of training yeah they would typically go as like a battlefield casualty replacement even right. tougher i would think but maybe i'm wrong but because 
you've got to think you've got like a tight knit group in yeah, a, in, a, in a fob or whatever. They've they've had a bloke go down, so either he's died or he's too injured to carry on. Now yeah. you're going to take his role. Should yeah. you go and be shit or go and like fuck up on the first few days? Can you imagine like the stress and the yeah. like how how bad that that could that could get you know in in, in well, terms of a culture thing? Yeah, because they're just going to judge you against the guy yeah. that you're replacing. Exactly, who they're obviously going to be very fond of, and also, they're going to hold in great <laughs> esteem. Because also pissed off is either being injured, yeah, and or you know worst killed, case scenario so. killed. Um, so I can imagine that'd be a, that'd be probably the worst scenario to go straight out of training as a battlefield casualty replacement, which I know a lot of people did. So on average, how long is a tour? One six of... months, I think. Six months. Yeah, average. I think that some are longer, some are like four or three, but most like mostly six. Yeah. And is it all? Is it always in, as intense of like you're always going to be out in Hellman? Um, I don't know to be honest. I, I'd imagine so though. Yeah, you'd move around like patrol bases or, or forward operating bases and. and where you, like whichever one of those you're at, there's different levels of security you've got to uphold. There's different levels of like patrol schedule you've got to uphold. So you know on a patrol base where there's just a a section of a troop or just a troop, you've got less people. So of course you've still got to maintain the same level of security. So that means that every man, every bloke counts for more. So every bloke's got to work harder. They've got to do more sentry. They've got to do more patrols. So um, you kind of you probably move around a little bit between those two. Um, and that that would like that would dictate your kind of working routine. So theoretically, you could spend six months in a shitty mud hut compound. Yeah, yeah. on rations. On rations. Patrolling every day. In the ba- in the baking sun. Yeah, sounds, <laughs> sounds great. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> your worst nightmare. Make that what you will. Yeah, it's like a Frankie Boyle joke, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah. what, what you need in an unwinnable desert war. More gingers. More, more ginger people. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So you'd be on rations. Typically, you'd be patrolling for like eight to ten hours a day with heavy kit on in the sun, fifty degrees, whatever. Trying to dodge IEDs, trying not to die. It's just terrible. But yeah, yeah. So you've got Afghanistan and Iraq. I think unfortunately, four hundred and fifty-seven British forces. Between the two. Fatalities. No, this is British forces in total. So between the two conflicts, I mean. No, this is just Afghan. Okay, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how many of those were Marines. I can't remember the actual number, the exact number. So 11 Royal Marines were killed in Iraq, but I yeah. couldn't get the exact I number on Afghan. I think it was in the, maybe in the low hundreds, potentially. Like I imagine something. probably more maybe, in Afghanistan. Maybe not that many, but I could be wrong. I don't but know. it's still a fucking horrible amount, isn't it? Yeah, it's horrific. And you've got to think that... You know, obviously you've got infantry, paras, marines are typically they're going to be the front end, like the first. Yeah, they're the, the first port of call. Yeah, the blo- the people at Bastion aren't really going to be in much danger, really, considering how well protected it is, how huge it is, like we've said. Yeah, so it goes back. To if what it's we going to be saying. anyone, it's yeah. going to be a marine or a para or whatever, or an infantryman. But at the same time, you've also got to think optimist optimism. You've got to think, you know, the marines are the most elite and the best fighting force probably out there so yeah there's going to be less chance therefore that you could fall foul of things because you're well trained you're better you know better equipped to deal with the situation so well I was surprised that a marine didn't wasn't awarded a VC in Afghanistan yeah. and or in Iraq yeah we were talking about this a bit off air weren't we but um it's like go on drop the stat bomb oh yeah <laughs> well there's, there's been go no on. there's been no um VC winners has the in the Marines for since the Second World War is it? 
Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Thomas Hunter. There we four go. Four three commando. He's ready for his Raw Marines interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, and that is crazy considering the amount of conflict they've been through in that time. Uh, I think this is in the Falklands. Um, they did some insane things, the Marines. This is what I mean, I can't believe like, it. Ridiculous. Like yomping hundreds, hundreds of miles to get round enemy, enemy defences. And Ma- Margaret Thatcher was in power then. Ooh. And I think she said... Not um, my friend. Yeah, I think she said... <laughs> Leaving the politics out of it, she said that uh, we don't award Marines um, Victoria Crosses easily because that's just what's expected of them. Because they're expected to do these kind of things, that we don't commend them for it in that way because there's there's got to be like a exceptional. I don't agree with that. No, I don't think that's a life is a life. Yeah, and I think there was some. There's something in the rules and regulations for getting given a Victoria Cross where it kind of means you have to have died yeah, to get issued or it. cheated death yeah yeah, yeah basically exactly. there was that famous one the Gurkha I think he got a Victoria Cross it might have been a, a, a military cross but it was like just him and like 60 Taliban surrounding him in a in a little hut it's insane and he fought his way out I don't know how he managed it but yeah I think it was him and a couple of other like mental yeah but I was surprised to hear that to be fair I mean there was a lot of other battle honours like I think there was a few George Crosses which is like the next mm. honour down yeah uh, uh, Distinguished Service Orders Conspicuous Gallantry Cross but no VCs yeah the VC's the top one isn't it? I is it harder to get be awarded a VC now now um, yeah, I think so yeah do we fit I imagine I'll, it is but I mean, I I'm going in blind here I don't really know anything about it but, I don't know why that would be potentially because there's better. Like, is the bar is the bar being set higher? I, I mean, this is like the, a bit of a perverse conversation. I don't but. think the bar's been set higher. What I think maybe is the case. This again is just me guessing. Um, could be that combat's changed, doesn't it? And yeah. so that means that tactics have changed, mm. and therefore tactics are better. And yeah. so before in Second World War, people are having to do these crazy things because they're having to defy kind of the shit tactics that were at play there. Yeah. Having to like run up the beaches at Normandy or whatever. Yeah, and I guess there's less like cannon fodder vibes now. Exactly, yeah. So less opportunity to, yeah, to maybe that get makes that. makes sense. I've never thought of it like that. And certainly now with, with um, technology coming into play where you've got drones now that we, we use to, you know, you know, forward reconnaissance. Yeah. Very rarely is that now people doing that and then have the opportunity to get something, to win something, which of course isn't what it's about, but happens. Um, you now have a drone with a camera fly around and see see what's going on. It makes it much more effective. So, well, I think we touched on this in a previous podcast. To what extent is there a disconnect between Marines that have, you know, done combat and one? Yeah, basically, for want of a better phrase. Uh, I think again, like there is a little bit, but it all depends on who you talk to really yeah is um, it very like it's individual individual yeah, yeah. I think there's some people there's some a bit of that. touchy and some people are a bit like yeah it's just the old guards are like you know people who've been in years and years and years and maybe got treated a little bit worse through training and in, in a unit that kind of thing they're always going to look at you a little bit in a in a lesser light if you've never been anywhere but if you've got any sense of logic around you then you know that we never had the opportunity to do that. Uh, and it's not like we've opted out. It's just that we joined at a different time than they did. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but not too much, I wouldn't say. Turning not, up now. And to what extent is... to what, oh, well, I guess you joined afterwards, but like to what extent are they 
are those conflicts politicised or is it all just very much like just the job? Or yeah, just politics just job, come into it? For the most part, just the job. Sometimes, with again, individuals, sometimes people take an interest in it and so yeah. they have an opinion. But there was the thing that came out, um, was it last year when the Taliban like pretty much overran again in Afghanistan? Do you remember that? Yeah, they're back in charge. Yeah, now. so back in charge. Uh, and when that happened, there was a big influx of people who'd served coming out online and being like, this is fucking mental because I lost so-and-so, you know, and speaking about it, which is it's the first time I've seen that, which is interesting. Um, but maybe it just wasn't brought to the fore mm. before before that, potentially. It's got to be frustrating in the eyes of someone, you know, who's like a British forces veteran, veteran who served in Afghanistan to then just see... Yeah, massive. The security forces there down tools. Mm. Massively. Well, like, that's kind of. Um, well, that's, it's your, I guess it's your job, but like you can't. Well, it's it's kind of weird because it's the thing they were kind of really doing in Afghan was training the Afghan National Army to then so they could pull out and they would take over if which anything happened. Never materialised. Yeah, and I liken it almost to like, you know, if you had like a PT client, right? Yeah. And you can give them all the tools that you want, right? And then, Which, yeah. then you send them out the door, and then you see them in like six months' time. They're fat again. It's like fuck's sake. You know, I gave you everything you needed. Now you're just fat again. So yeah. that's what I that's what I kind of liken it to in my life now. But um, yeah, I think it would be massively frustrating to to see that. Certainly, having given so much and lost so much um, of your own kind of friends or whatever, and and for that to happen. Yeah. It's a shitter. Wait, it frustrated me, and I've never fucking left Europe. Yeah. <laughs> actually, no. Actually, I've been to North Africa. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Traveller. Oh, speaking of Mr. Worldwide, yeah. let's segue now right, okay. into travel. Okay, sweet. Happy day. Um, right, so obviously you've got like tours of actual live conflicts. Tours of duty, yeah. But then you obviously got sent to places on... Training. E- on training and exercises and yeah. stuff, didn't you? Yeah. And what's, yeah. what's so, the verdict? <laughs> it's, it's better than being in a live war zone, surely. Probably, yeah. I can probably vouch for that. Essentially, yeah. So when you're not deployed com- in a combat role or when there's not a combat role available, they obviously need to train and you need to train with foreign forces sometimes and need to go and experience different climates like Arctic and like desert and that kind of thing. So they'll combine these things with uh, obviously trips abroad where you go for like three three to kind of three to th- three weeks to three months really can be the range and you'll go and typically a couple of weekends you'll go and be let loose and it is loose um, but because you you can imagine like you're held up all this pent up testosterone and aggression yeah, it's just, is just waiting to be let loose on the Vegas Strip just and really aggressive manly blokes yeah and they're just locked up with each other yeah and then you let them into the wide world and it's just terrifying but yeah <laughs> some, some quick housekeeping then mm. where did where did you actually get to to travel to what with the marines in, specifically with, in the core, yeah so france first so that you do that in training don't you yeah so to maybe go, try and go in order here you go to the d-day beaches don't you like yeah you do like a little day. walk around you do yeah. get on the piss a little bit because you're in training you have like a curfew and it's all a bit more measured however ours didn't go to plan and we we missed the curfew but anyway um then went to my unit and i went to holland and germany and then spain as well but i think that was just our trip but anyway so uh, the holland trip was world war ii related as well wasn't it was it Operation no. Market Garden? Was it a remembrance thing? No, that was uh, that was Berlin. 
Oh, it was okay. a little bit World War Two. I was just um, like because we went to Germany for the ranges, yeah. and then on the weekend went to Berlin, got on the piss on the night, and then in the day went round the right, okay, the memorials and stuff, and then America, a couple of the bigger ones like America for eight weeks, ten weeks, and uh, Norway. I did four months in Norway. It was my last big one. I think that's about it really for the major ones. Um, but yeah, the the kind of we went went for went to Germany. Twice, I think, because there's some like recurrence. Sometimes you go to the same places. Well, I guess. Well, I, it's always been a thing, hasn't it? Like Estonia, British Army personnel <laughs> getting sent to Germany because of the Cold War link. Yeah, is that? I guess is that that is becoming less prevalent now, isn't I it? I think they're actually pulling out and and stopping stopping that deployment. Maybe maybe that's for the army, and then the Marines will still go and do it. Because it always used to be a classic, didn't it? Because we always used to have, like I don't know, going back 40, 50 years, there was always. British, British Army, yeah. There British, was a... British Army have always been in that camp that we stayed in. It's pretty much a British camp, like it's just in Germany. And they're um, chinning that off. I think so. I think that was the plan when I, oh, really? I was there. Maybe it's still there. That well, that could all change now with true. our friend Mr. Putin. True, probably. Yeah, I mean, more so Norway. The new Cold War. More so Norway. That's well, why. That's going to become more prevalent. That's isn't why we're. It? That's why we're there. Arctic training. It's the northern flank of NATO, that is, isn't it? That is what it is. So um, the reason. The Marines are in Norway is like a, almost a deterrent. I guess we're like almost always forward deployed in in Norway for training purposes, obviously. But and that will hopefully play on the Russians' mind that that we're not yeah. only able to fight in you know our own backyard, backyard, but in theirs as well. So that's that's kind of the idea about much more competently that. than them. Yeah, that's <laughs> the hope. No one can fucking fight in Norway. It's mental. It's kind of like some damage of the, limitation, really. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> some of the stuff you get taught. Um, when you're like running in snowshoes through like fucking ten foot deep snow, trying to actually fight is just mental. Yeah. You think if if anyone's actually shooting at me, I'd be screwed. So you got Norway and the US were the mm. big ones, weren't they? You got a good contrast there because yeah, you basically desert, sent to the desert yeah. in America, and, and you went to the Arctic, Arctic in Norway. Funny enough, though, the desert was uh, freezing <laughs> at night. Yeah, so the desert was like in February. Normally they do that deployment in summer but for some reason we did february and like in the day it was at 20 degrees still mega windy so not really warm and then in the night it was like minus five i was like this is a fucking desert not so i didn't sign up for this um but yeah so it was so, was so to what extent are those trips were they could all bootnecks expect to go to america and norway pretty or was much. it was it dependent on the course that you took you know with your specialization no pretty much uh you could if you stayed in for a fair amount of time if you were in for like eight years and you hadn't been to America, I don't know. I don't know how that would happen, to be honest. Uh, and same with Norway. Norway standard. Is, Norway's a right passage, really. Um, and it's so, very structured when you get there. So, given that we've got a good contrast between the two, mm. give us a quick, give us a quick toss up of both trips, like positives and negatives. Okay. Uh, we'll go negatives first. We'll start. We'll start with Norway, and we'll we'll okay. go through each yeah, one. Neg- so, negative negatives of Norway. Yeah. Other than the cold. Right, so Norway, when you go to... Um, so for context, you hate the cold. Yeah, I don't like the cold, yeah. Um, neither does anyone, really. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, you're made for it. The fairer skin. Yeah. The, um, so Norway, you start with a three-week winter warfare course, which is horrendous by, by everyone's standards. It's, if you ask any Marine who's been to Norway, it's probably the worst thing they've ever done. Mm. Um, and it involves kind of long, drawn-out cross-country skis, with um, massive amounts, massive amounts of weight on your back, it involves the icebreaker drills that everyone probably will have seen if they're listening to this podcast. It's like 
Oh, classic. You know, when you, you, yeah. you have the um, square cut out of the ice and you have to jump in, say your name, get out. That's not nice either. You have survival to do that week as well where you get stripped of everything. You're in the middle of Norway, so it's like minus 15. You then have to go make a fire, make a shelter, try and survive a night without any sleeping bags or anything like that. So this is, like, this is like quintessential like Bear grills. Yeah, this is, this like, is like just to make sure you're not going to die yeah. when you get out there. This really. is Raimi's on yeah, steroids. Yeah. The first week is survival, so that's like, just again making sure you're not going to die. And then the second week's movements or mobility, so they teach you how to ski, and then you go on fucking ridiculously long skis. And then the third week is fight week, where you put it all together, essentially, and learn how to be a soldier in that environment. That's yeah. hard. You've not, not really tough. sold it to me so far, I'll be honest. No, it's just tough and cold. The coldest temperature, you know the coldest temperature in Norway that oh. I experienced was minus 55 with wind chill. Fuck off. Minus 55 Celsius. Yeah. That's mental. It was ridiculous, man. Were you exposed to that? Or were you in a yeah. nice warm strip? Like, no, shack? so you have tents, which are like just normal. T- just I imagine like a normal tent you take to snow. Yeah, it's a piss thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we're in there, and that's pretty sound because you're out of the wind, and the wind's the main thing. Yeah. And you're all dressed up, and then you have to go on sentry for half an hour stint, Ooh. and then you are just sat in, in the, the elements. elements yeah. And you, you can't have any exposed skin because it'll fucking die, basically. Um, <laughs> and so you've got you've got a big a neoprene face mask on, pair of goggles, like a hat, obviously, and like 15 layers on. Um, and then you sat trying to look out of the harbour for the idea is to obviously spot threats yeah. and call them in and then you can fight right uh, <laughs> it ended up with me fucking because the wind was coming into the harbour I was like, the opposite direction. I was like <laughs> fuck this I was facing into the harbour <laughs> I just like fucking I just gave up man. I was like this yeah. is ridiculous I can't see anything anyway <laughs> like, the wind was coming so fucking heavy I couldn't see anything yeah, yeah. I was like I'm adding nothing to proceedings here and I'm fucking freezing my tits off. I'm turning around. So if any of you out there worried about the threat of Russia, <laughs> be rest assured that NATO's northern flank was safe yeah, in the hands of Harry hand, Shepherd. Safely handled there. Don't worry about it. Um, Putin, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, he's kicking himself now. That you've yeah, no, I know. I'm a window opportunity. That half an hour stint. Um, but that so was if, on you, our if last you can summarise that as the cold being shit, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Let's and the fact that you that. actually have to do some kind of like training and. Like, yeah, you have to be competent, basically, yeah, in that in the cold yeah. and not just shiver. Yeah. So that's the main shit thing. Any other kind of little things that just got to you in Norway? Because uh... when you're in like intense cold like that, little things can just niggle at you, and it's like yeah, well, everything's just more difficult. So, um, like for getting water, because you you have a, an allotment, obviously like a, a liter of water you take with you. Yeah. But after that, you then have to melt snow. So if you want to drink, you've now got to fucking get your gloves off, get your stove out of the thing, make sure your stove's protected from the wind, otherwise it won't work. Fucking smash loads of snow into your into your mess tin. Then it's got to melt. You wouldn't believe how fucking little water you get out of a full <laughs> fucking shit, mess tin of that's snow. So much, it's so ridiculous. So much admin Just to wet of... your fucking mouth with yeah, like that much yeah, water. Mate, so it's much terrible. admin for a bit of water. Yeah, it's so <laughs> ridiculous. But... Um, yeah, so that's one. That's one thing. Everything's just more difficult. Trying to tie your lace. The worst thing, actually, this is just coming back to me now. So um, the PTSD. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, with the long skis. Yeah. Um, so like you know, twelve-hour skis with massive weight on your back. Because you're not a competent skier, or no one is with that kind of skiing. It's not like downhill skiing. You're like proper <laughs> just walking with skis. Um, and you're only doing that because obviously this the surface area of the ski spreads your weight out. Yeah. And the the 
if you haven't got a ski on, you'd just be in like eight feet of snow. And so when you fall over, which inevitably happens because you're just standing there for ages, not only do you fall over, but you've got your like 50 kilo rucksack careering you into the deck. You then end up like five feet deep in snow. You then got to try and claw your way back to the top, which the way they tell you to do it just isn't workable. They're like, stab that, stab yeah, your, it's stab your thing into the snow and then stand up on that. It doesn't happen. And so, yeah, a lot of times you just start, sat like fucking cursing at things and just shouting a lot of profanity while you're trying to get your skis to be in the right place. Then your ski will come off. It's just a fucking nightmare. Well, I because like, we obviously both went on the school, yeah, yeah, our yeah. school ski yeah. trip, which was very different to that. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember stacking it on like a green slope, and it would take me about five minutes to get up then. And I've only, yeah. got, I've only got to pull up my own body. And they're weight. like compact as well. You yeah, can actually stand on and them. The skis yeah. are like that long. Yeah, not yeah. eight foot. It's ridiculous. So that was that was hard, and that's just hard to deal with because it happens so much. And then I ended up, you have, you have like fifty or sixty people in your um, like course on your course. Yeah. And obviously, inevitably, one or two of them is just horrendous at skiing. Just can't fucking comprehend it. So by the end, everyone else is pretty decent. And because you you patrol in like a troop snake, so there's like, imagine like a big queue, basically, of people with five metres in between them. And then if one person goes down, because you can't go round them because you have to go on the the trodden route, you have to just fucking wait. So you just stood there with this weight on your back, digging into your shoulders for like hours and hours, which I'm not bad in front of you. You can't fucking ski, falling over every time so five seconds. But it's like so it, like a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, yeah, isn't it? Uh, we it? had this like um, we had this Asian fella from the army who was just not taken to it. It's like he'd never seen snow before, and he was like he was, he was down every five seconds. He would get up and then like put too much weight this way with his burden, and then he'd oh, go down again. God, we're like, oh my god! Just, and you know it's coming as well. Yeah, you, you can see it happen like a mile off. You'd oh. be fucking seething watch, watching mental. him teeter yeah. with his burger. Yeah. And then when he goes, you're like... <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> Stood there like a fucking emperor penguin in the pissing, are, in the pissing, in the pissing snow. cold. Yeah. You're like, fuck's sake. Um, they'd always tell us to start, be bold, start cold. That's the, that's the tagline, right? So you start a yomp with like no, no warmers on, no warm layers, because you're just going to sweat. Yeah. But then what would happen is, obviously, like I say, you'd stop every five seconds. So you'd just be freezing. Yeah. So you'd be like, that doesn't work. So I ended up just chilling it off and putting warms on. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I'm going to die here. So this is ridiculous. Yeah, so that's it. So that's shit. Positives of Norway? Are there any? Yeah, there are. You've not so re- after that three weeks, yeah. you're kind of in then and you don't have to do, you have to obviously go in the field and do your job, but you don't have to do the like rite of passage stuff. And so you're a bit more free on camp. And so in the place where you are, the, the local thing to do is just go skiing, civilian skiing. So you can just on the weekend just go and go. Oh, that's class. And they've so got like regular ski resorts. Yeah, so it's really good. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Once you're out of the the shit bit, the yeah, first yeah. three weeks, then you then it's pretty cool. Um, just because of where you are in the world, and it's a completely unique experience. And it's you like get when in Rome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you've got to you've got to take take yourself up, up on the slopes because otherwise you'd be bored and missing home. Skiing, tick. Yep. Yeah. Anymore um, drinking, yeah, bits of drinking. Is there, not... a, is there an Irish bar? Yes. Was there in actually? The, uh, in yeah, hundred percent. I have a theory that there's an Irish bar in any decent place everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere I've ever world. been. Yeah, there is. everywhere I've ever been. So that that where we stay is called Bardafoss, and it's in like the top of Norway, right? What we did for a long weekend was go went to Tromso, which is 
about an hour and a half further north into the Arctic <laughs> Circle. Only thing he's got is it's like fucking, a college. Yeah. And an Irish bar, pretty yeah. much. That is it. And it's it's a really good night out, to be fair. Santa's local. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We went to, uh, we just went to the local, like, club or whatever. Um, and no shenanigans really happened on that that particular night. Yeah, there was an Irish bar. That's unreal. I, I assume there's, like, there's too many clothes. There's too many clothes going on for people to get frisky. Um... Not in the clubs, it's like anywhere. You have a massive fucking, just a massive cloakroom. <laughs> oh, I just pitched everyone on the dance floor. Look, nah. look like the Michelin man. Yeah, just well, shuffling around. It's like that on the streets. It's a, it's a rather strange experience. But um, the temperature actually fluctuated a lot when we were there. It was either, went obviously down to the cold of minus 55. But actually, it was steady at like minus 10, which in Norway, in England, minus 10 is mental. But in Norway, it's not because it's a dry cold, which is a bit very different. don't really know how to describe it, but. It's a very different experience, and it's just not cold. Like past minus fifteen is a bit uncomfortable, but other than that, yeah. it's fine. Mm, you're not really sold Norway to me, lad. No, I think if you don't like the cold and you're not into skiing, it's oh bit, yeah, it's a bit not, of an, it's not an the hour, place, isn't not it? the place to be at all. And there was just a ma- oh yeah, this is a, pr- a pretty good point. Um, there was a unreal kebab shop about ten minute walk, <laughs> ten minute walk from Again. the. Uh, Norway, yeah. renowned for its yeah. kebab meat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he's getting well, it from. To be honest. This guy he's found, a niche, he's found a niche in the market yeah. and he's run with it, hasn't it's he? It's actually closed now. I was so depressed. <laughs> I love the way that he researched that. it. Yeah. It was, <laughs> some, some, that's one of the lads I told yeah. me. I saw it, some of the lads told me. But, fucking stalking um, this bloke on Facebook. <laughs> Ready for your next visit. It was class, though. You got like a massive fucking, you know, 12 inch fucking massive thing. But anyway. That was, that was another. That right, was okay. another positive. So that's Norway. Yeah, it's got flip side. Yeah, America, United, the United States. Yeah, we want negatives first. Yeah. So how long were you there for? Oh, eight thought... to ten weeks. I can't remember. I thought it was Three long, eight. No, I think it was eight. All right. Okay. Two months. Yeah. And long you, enough. And what was the purpose of your visit? Is that a custom? Yeah. Search me. Search me. HM Revenue Customs. And their uh, their customs do ask you that as well. What's the purpose of your visit? Um, the I, I guess it's just an exercise to, to work with um, US forces that happens every year the Marines will go and work with the US Marines uh, and by work with I mean challenge and so eventually what happened was there's a there's a mock village that looks like that's mocked up to be like a Iraq village right yeah in the middle of this training area, which is fucking. Is it massive. like Hollywood? <laughs> no, no, it's like it's like uh, it's like shacks and stuff, like just oh, okay. hard corners to take yeah, contact yeah. with and stuff. Um, and, and so what happens generally is the U.S. forces, or it'll be the other way around. The U.S. forces all hold the village, and then we'll have to take the village from them, and that'll right, be the okay. general like idea. Uh, and so the whole thing is building up to that that finale, I guess. Okay, because you you were armoured support and you went By over then, with yeah. the Vikings, yeah, didn't you? Yeah. Right, okay. So we kind of supply in the village with goods and ammo and people and shit. Right, okay. Yeah. Go through the positives and negatives. I also have a few questions <laughs> regarding US military okay. and the differences, but we'll, we'll address right, that okay, afterwards. Okay, we'll address that afterwards. I'll put, uh, my, okay. silly, put my silly hat on again. Negatives. <laughs> negatives. It's always on. Um, ne- <laughs> Negatives-wise... Uh, we've got oh the accommodation was terrible. I wish I could find. I remember you moaning about this at the time. Oh mate, oh, I, I was rocked up not knowing what to expect. You were in like massive dorms, weren't you? Like shit camp beds or something. Yeah, it wasn't even dorms. It was mad. It was like um, they're called case bands. They call them. It's like a big imagine like a shipping container in a different form. Like in a it's like 
got a curved roof back. That's Fuck basically that. the only. Like it's a, like an irrigated, like corrugated to, iron. What do they used to call them in the war? Oh, like a bomb shelter, <laughs> air raid shelter, like an Anderson shelter or something. Oh yeah, it, yes, it's almost like, like that. that. Yeah. And then at one point, at the end of this thing, we had loads of rain and it fucking flooded, and there's no drainage, and so <laughs> it came across comms and they were like, oh yeah. We're gonna have torrential rain, rain in a bit, lads. Um, you're gonna have to dig a trench outside your fucking uh, your your uh, case, band so it doesn't flood. Well, so you got to install like, your own gutter in that. Yeah, basically. pretty much. So there's like the new lads, which was me and a couple of my mates, um, had to fucking get on our hands and knees and get our entrenching tools on and be digging. So was, that was shit. Um, yeah, accommodation, the food was really bad. I would say. Oh really? On on that. So we were on a battle camp. So this was annoying. So like five miles up the road, there was like the fucking the bee's knees of military camps. Yeah, so I've heard it's that insane. a lot of military camps in the United States have like franchises in them. Mate, so like you get to up Burger King. Unreal. Like they had a, they had a, its own kind of Merry Hill, like a shopping centre yeah. on camp, and they had like a, the gym was insane. There wasn't even a really a gym in the other place. So then five five miles down the road where we were in the battle camp, there was a crap mess hall, a crap gym. A tiny little shop. We had the shit end of the shovel, basically. So, um, And then that was just annoying, knowing that that was down the road. We also knew that all the other fucking units, I'd, if he's listening, the officer who made this happen, then fuck you. Um, but all the other units and all the other like mortars and all the rest of it. Who, From who, the core? Yeah, who were the, with the core. And like they had their superiors or their hierarchy sort them out cars so they could just fucking whip, Fuck to, the, whip the to the good one and go to pizza or go to Starbucks or whatever uh, and what the um, so that like shopping centre thing what our officer said he was like lads we were all obviously pestering like oh, can we get a fucking get a rental car he didn't want to do the admin to get get us one and he was like lads uh, don't worry about it unless you want to buy a TV main side's fucking not all that and he was there Every right. fucking day, uh, right? Yeah. That's, and the he came big, back. that's the biggest undersell in history, yeah. isn't it? He came back with a fucking Starbucks daily to do his brief, and we're like, "Are you fucking insane? We're on this shit camp with shit food. We've got for, we're hanging out for anything normal, right?" And he's there telling us how shit it was. But um, and then we'd obviously get talk to our mates who were outside, and yeah. they'd be like, "Yeah, sick. That's shit. <laughs> that's fucking, I'd be fucking sick." Yeah, so mate. that was shit. Um, so that's annoying because you took an L there. You, that was an unnecessary. Yeah. L. Un- yeah. An unneeded hell. So, yeah. I mean, that was shit. But then, also, one that was probably my, I should probably address, that was my fault. Um, and I guess, I don't know, it's probably my fault. Well, um, well, you can be the judge. Basically, I was very, very new to the unit. Yeah. Very, very new to the to armour support. And had no experience in a, in, a, in that wagon. Right? Uh, and I was put straight in the driver's seat for our section commander, so our corporal. Yeah. In that, I think I alluded to it last week, but in that um, kind of environment where they've got to be on their game, their head is fucking going mental. They're doing all sorts of random shit. Yeah. Like, obviously, commanding. They get like 100,000 miles an hour. Yeah, talking to everyone. Yeah. Talking on different nets. They're fucking shooting. They're doing all sorts. Last thing they need is to be helping me steer the wagon. <laughs> I'm not experienced enough in the wagon yet to, <laughs> to be able to do that myself. So what normally happens is they get an experienced operator, is what they call it, to drive the wagon for the commander didn't happen it was me uh, and I'm shit at driving anyway and I was driving a big big fucking heavy armoured vehicle which I knew nothing about that rubbed him up the wrong way and um, we had a 
a toxic relationship <laughs> in that wagon, <laughs> shall we say. However, however, what I will say is now... Uh, we have a good relationship, so it's fine. That's good. You've come yeah. full circle. You've come full circle, but absolutely. He's the making of Put me, yourself in his shoes for a second. <laughs> He's doing a fucking million and one different things. He hasn't even got time to breathe. Mm. And you're fucking prodding him on the shoulder, <laughs> pointing at the steering wheel, saying, how does this No, work? not quite that bad. But I'm like, so imagine like cross-country driving, and I don't yeah. want to roll the vehicle, because oh, right, okay, I don't yeah. know the, quite the capabilities of the vehicle yeah, yet. Yeah. I'm like, she oh, understood. Dan, can you have a look at yeah. this or whatever? And he's like, fucking hell. You shouldn't do it. Uh, and the one time, which is just a lapse from me, because I'm thinking about loads of different things as well, because I, I don't know what I'm doing. I forgot that <laughs> the Americans drive on the other side of the road. Fuck's sake. And so, this is amateur. <laughs> and so like, I pulled out of a junction and drove on the fucking wrong side of the road, going towards a civilian vehicle that was obviously not going to win in that fucking <laughs> that battle. <laughs> right. And I just got a fucking scream... He took his comms unit off. She didn't want to talk to me. Kicked me in the fucking helmet like that. <laughs> fucking cunt. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, that was my fault. But anyway, that was a bit of shit. <laughs> so, so basically, America's been... You know, you're a product of your own downfall at the moment. Yeah, well, for that bit, yeah. Um, so that wasn't great. So they're, two, they're two L's. Yeah. Any more? No, I think that was about it. <laughs> That's enough, innit? That's enough. Yeah, you put yourself down now. Put me under the fucking bus. <laughs> right, okay. The good parts of America. Um, so you you were in Nevada, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. We are in so that, you, that kind of... It's called the Majar, Mojave Desert or something. Fuck knows. I don't know. Someone will say that in the comments. You've yeah. got it wrong. You got it wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. Entire site. Yeah. The good part, actually, was... Um, quite unplanned one of my best mates from my old unit who I'd now separated with um, he'd gone mortars and we ended up being the vehicle for the mortar, mortar oh, variant so sweet for you, it that. just fucking somehow happened that he was now in my vehicle which yeah. is mad and then uh, so at least I knew someone uh, pretty well and we could have banter and whatever we ended up actually being so we were there for like I said like 8 weeks for like five six of those weeks we were in the fields we were out doing shit because we were mortars and we were out having to you know be deployed like a mile or two away from the tasking and then mortar the tasking whatever so we'd have to be out doing the doing the thing a lot of lads didn't and just ended up staying in those shit fucking accommodation for ages what we ended up like having at some at some points was a good like five days where we could almost have like stand down because we were off camp away from prying eyes and prying ears and we would just set our, cup be- our camp beds up in- under the stars because the weather was sound, there was no no rain. Oh, I love that. So we were just like kipping under the stars in the middle of the fucking desert. Mental experience, right? That you wouldn't yeah. get anywhere else. Um, just absolutely sinking MREs, which are um, the military ration packs of the US Armed Forces, which are fucking awesome. They've got like tacos and burritos and fucking Reese's yeah, Pieces. Yeah, well, this is going to get, get on to class. Anyway. This leads us nicely yeah. onto my... Silly hat section. Silly hats on. I've okay. like the difference. We'll edit a silly hat on. <laughs> yeah. The differences between the the Marine, well, the US Marine yeah. Corps yeah, yeah. and the Royal Marines. Right. So obviously you've got, they've got better ration packs. Yes. They've got me- better military. Say better. Is it nicer? Is it the novelty of them? Yeah, no. It's, it's that they're fucking nicer and they're easier to use. In terms of like Sustenance. being yeah being effective ration packs, right, they're okay. not great because they're like I say Reese's pieces and all that bollocks. Right, okay. that's why they're fat. 
But so it's like it's the morale nutrition yeah. type of business. Yeah, exactly. And we very much go on the fucking nutrition yeah, well, sign. Biscuit <laughs> morale's browns. down here. Yeah, biscuit browns. Uh right, okay, so that better camps. Oh yeah, they're main camps. So they're basically like shopping malls, aren't they? We got something floated at, at one point, like an opportunity that was apparently gonna happen where we'd have to leave the wagons out there. Of course, wherever we travel, the wagons have to come with us. And so they were thinking, hang on, we do this trip every year. Why don't we just leave them here and leave two lads here to maintain them? That was their thinking. Makes sense. First thing that ever made sense in the military, really. And then I was like, fuck, if I can get on that detail, that is amazing. I could stay in America on main side, just doing fizz all the time, maintaining vehicles, which means doing basically fuck, fuck all. Yeah, um, I was like, that'd be a dream, but it never happened in the end. But yeah, so good camps. Standards. Right. I'm, I'm throwing you under the bus here. Yeah. Fine. Go for it. <laughs> Who's better, basically? Well, if we look at the statistics. <laughs> um, we can clip this. Yeah, yeah. Our training's longer. So our training's 32 weeks. Those is like eight or some bullshit, right? Um, I think it's like 12 or 13. Yeah, or something, yeah maybe. That. Well, um, still, it's still, like piss, still, still shit. Piss all compared to... Yeah. There's a couple of other things, I think, that matter as well, where we're expected to be the thinking soldier... And expected to take kind of initiative and stuff like that. Where you know, if you've seen their um, training videos, you seen any of that like boot camp stuff? I've seen the film Jarhead. Yes. <laughs> so good, good little like clip from that. I guess is. It's actually a good film. Yeah, it's a good film. <laughs> uh, a good clip from that is you know drill instructors in his face. Yeah. Getting going just giving him mental, shit basically. And you're just like indoctrinated, and you you know repeating that sir, yes sir, all that bollocks. Yeah. That doesn't happen in obviously our forces. We're a lot more measured, like the culture. And um, because of that, I think it probably breeds a little bit more of a robotic marine. And that doesn't bode well, really, for being Mm. elite, whatever. The the thing that we're on about, so the America trip where we go against each other, I think the last two or three, we've beat them. So that's a good good sign. They obviously have more manpower. Yeah, so they... There's more of them, basically, isn't there? Yeah, this is quite funny. Um, (laughs) So... There was a, like a week or two into America, the US forces came and started doing their shit. Yeah. Within like 16 hours, right, someone had been shot on a range. So what, friendly, friendly fire. fire? Yeah, yeah. Someone had just been shot. Don't know how that happened. Two people, one fucking tank had crashed. So that's American as well. One tank had crashed into summer. <laughs> Which is now on its way to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then one of the Humvee drivers, right, get this, yeah. had fucking driven off a cliff. So driven off <laughs> a fucking mountain. No. Like, he just fucked it. Um, Jesus, yeah. take he the went, wheel. He went, yeah, and he went, <laughs> like his face was smashed into the steering wheel, all sorts happened. So yeah, not great. Fucking hell, you, those you, three things. you getting a hard time for understeering. Yeah, He's fucking driven off the cliff, <laughs> the daft bastard. Well, that's the standards we're talking about though, isn't it? Yeah, true. I so see, there you go. Yeah, you've encapsulated that well. There you go, so that's it. So I'll probably say that's, that's, that, so, yeah, that so, paints enough of a picture into the differences. Yeah. I've never seen, I've never actually known, this could fucking go badly, I could I could eat my words, um, but I've never actually known a Marine to have any fratricide or friendly fire on a range because that is mental to me. Yeah. The army have... British Army have done that yeah, but distant, to me distance yourself from them that is in, just inconceivable like how it's so safe when you want to range and there's so much safety precautions that happen it's just fucking mad that that could ever happen but that is mental yeah 
I think again though it's standards because as soon as anything happens on a range, ranges for for us are round really relaxed because they want us to be in a relaxed state to shoot well. Yeah. But as soon as something happens that isn't safe, they go in fucking batshit and they'll completely stop everything and rinse you pretty much. So like it just no, nothing ever happens on a range. It's really good. Yeah. That's mental. Never underestimate Americans. Would would yeah. be my take home from yeah. that. And, in uh, a bad way. <laughs> yeah. And the British yeah. Royal Marines are better than the US Marine Corps. Yeah. So uh, clip. <laughs> take, take that, America. Yeah, Jamie, clip that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, okay, so positives of the United States. For, for the trip. For the trip. The you got, you location man- was probably a massive positive. Because you're a heat person, aren't you? Well, that, you're that, like a, you're that like was lizard. good. That was good. Um, I'd probably, the, the big thing, though, would have been the uh, the fact that we were like equidistant between California and or uh, LA and Las Vegas, and yes. so when yeah. we had our social bit, which we'll get to, we were able to choose: do you want to go on a bus to Vegas or a bus to LA? Oh. Which is mental, right? So we How went to can Vegas. You choose. We went to Vegas. Um, the lads who went to LA actually didn't enjoy it as much because that LA is proper I, I, like people say LA like you go into. Manchester somewhere. It's fucking huge. It's so sprawling. Oh, I know, yeah. So but unless you actually... The only... Know, but downtown LA is a shithole. Yeah, so large parts of it are a sh- <laughs> He says, having never been even to America. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've yeah. never been either. But... So it's a shithole, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a cunt. <laughs> so I've heard yeah. that it's a bit of a dive. Yeah. And because it was built for the auto mobile, mm. it's fucking sprawling. So it's hard to get So around, unless yeah. you know where you want to go... Which you don't when you're there for three days. Which you don't when you're a tourist and you're there yeah. for three days. You basically spend all so your I think time sat in a we car. made a good decision. Um, because, yeah, like... And, and the homeless thing is mental in, in um, LA. Because those are people go there from wider America yeah. to chase their dreams and go to Hollywood. And obviously, no one gets there. And so, they're like, I know we can't afford fucking rent. So oh, yeah. It's huge the wealth skid, inequality. Skid Row is insane. Yeah. But, yeah. That's a caveat. It's one for a different episode. <laughs> yeah, we we'll uh, pick that up. Another on, on later, podcast. later date. Um, so yeah, like the 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 opportunity to go for a social was insane. There, I would say. If you want a social, you're gonna go to Vegas, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and like I said, like the ability to go and be in the field and just have that, that experience of being like really detached yeah. from every from the wider exercise was really cool. To be fair, looking back in the moment, I was a bit like, "This is shit." Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, looking back, it was good. Go on, then. Loosest story from Vegas. From Vegas? There's got to be one. You're in fucking Vegas. I'd be disappointed if there isn't. I don't know if there was from Vegas. Hold on. I think... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the obvious, like, strip clubs and stuff happened. But nothing, like, untoward happened. Like, they're just the normal fucking strip club visit in Vegas. Um, other than... Part and parcel. Other than... Um, my card got, like, taken by... Uh, a lady of the night and um, <laughs> uh, and almost almost I thought you were going to try and package that up because nah. it got stolen <laughs> no, no, no almost rinsed no it did get stolen yeah. yeah almost rinsed for all my money but luckily shout out to TSB they cut my card before anything happened so I was in like I was in a hard rock cafe the next day ringing the bank like can you open my car back because I need to pay for shit like and they're like yeah we just need to go for a few security questions um, <laughs> was it you last night at 2am in, in Las Vegas in, in this this bar and I like, had the name of the strip club I was like oh yeah that was me, <laughs> yeah, that was me. anything after that though, not yeah. me 
Exactly. So that was quite funny. Have you yeah. seen at the Hangover? Yeah. <laughs> What's your name? Uh, I don't know, but I now have a monkey tattoo on my face. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Oh, that one was Vegas actually. This is gonna. Yeah. Mom, if you're listening, probably go mute by now. Can't gag up a long time. She didn't make it past episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can only hope. Anyway, um, yeah. So we sat in this bar. We're day drinking, of course. Uh, it's me. I was out with actually all the mortars lads. Mad mental mortars. <laughs> for anyone watching the breakfast. Shout out to the mad mental mortars boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I don't know what happened. Really, we were all wearing shit shirts, and this girl came over. And she was like twenty. Five, twenty-six, whatever. Took a liking to me straight away. She was pissed, oh. off her head, and we were as like well. a pig in shit. Yeah, we were as well. She was loving life because she was surrounded by loads of bootnecks. Anyway, um, she like commandeered me, if you like. Right? <laughs> this, is, like this is going into very, very <laughs> precarious territory right now. <laughs> it's all right. This is fine. Okay, and then she took me to the toilets, and you can imagine what happened next. Right, I'll leave you. Leave that to your imagination. <laughs> imagination. Jamie, who you know very well, yeah, um, <laughs> had followed us in without my knowledge. All right, we were in a cubicle at this point. Again, you can imagine. And then <laughs> Jamie had his Snapchat out, had his phone over the cubicle, <laughs> the cl- getting he, like, oh, pure, that is a classic, mate. Yeah, he's get, had you there, getting absolute footage, right. Anyway, I don't know where that footage is now. Hopefully, he's deleted. Um, <laughs> we'll clip that in. Now. Yeah, <laughs> we will not. Anyway, and then. The owner, not the owners, the security of the bar caught wind of what was going on, came into the, the fucking the or, toilet. The orgy in the toilet. Yeah, came into the toilet. <laughs> Jamie scarpered. They were like fucking banging on the banging, banging on the uh, <laughs> banging on the bathroom floor. <laughs> the floor. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't. I came out. I was like, oh, I was just going for a piss. I'm like what in the fucking in the ladies? I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. And then they turfed us out. Me and the bird. They were like, give us your IDs. So we had to give them their ID and they took a photo of us both and said, you're both banned for life from this casino chain or whatever, oh, which is like the major casino yeah. chain in Vegas. That's class. Can't remember what it was. Anyway, yeah, oh, so apparently you, I'm banned for life. You need to remember that. That's such a good story. Yeah, I know. Um, that was hilarious. But that came to me when I was thinking of dits in the car just now coming out. Coming I, out. Don't, I don't think recall that. You probably told me before. I haven't I told just you forgot. Have you not? I, were, I, were I, told rem- I don't think I've heard it, that one before. Yeah. It escalated quickly. It escalated quickly. And there weren't any loose stories from Norway? Um, no, no. We only went, we really only went out once in Norway because it's so detached, right? We yeah. only went to Tr- Tromso once for that one night. Bit of a one-horse town. And nothing really happened. Right, so let's cast the net wider. <laughs> this is just general. We'll move on to socials now. We'll okay, segue. Okay, segue into socials. Um, okay, good one. Well, let, well, let's cover some housekeeping first. Right. There's obviously a very proud drinking culture. There is, yeah. In the, the Royal Marines. Marines. Like, imagine like a rugby club. Same kind of idea. Same kind of vibe. Yeah, just working class lads instead of privately educated. <laughs> well, a bit of a mix bit of, of both. both. Bit of both, yeah. But, right, so, to what extent are you, like, not a part of things if you're not buying into the drinking culture? If you're just not drinking, but you're still going out and being social... Then, case, you can, yeah. then that's alright you probably get away with that it's, it's, it's more <laughs> of if you're a party pooper basically yeah if you're never going to go out and be with the lads in a non-work setting yeah, you're, always gonna you're just going to be coming short of that like rapport yeah. and that relationship building you get obviously when you when you're in work you talk about work you talk about certain stuff when you're a bit looser in town you talk about like 
personal stuff and yeah. that gets you a little deeper relationship. I mean, you go to work, it's stronger. So there's a lot of benefit, I think, in that. Right, that's the educational bit out there. Yeah, yeah. Give me your best stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll just go through. Uh, this one's quite a funny one, but it's, it's not actually... It's with marine lads, but it's not actually like a marine trip. It was a segue from one. So you know I said to went, I went to Holland. Yeah. So we went to Holland for two weeks. Middle weekend was in Amsterdam. We'll get to that. Um, the next weekend, so the one before we went home, we could choose where we wanted to go, and we had a long weekend. So we went to Madrid, me and two of my mates. Right, yeah. Because you actually went away quite a lot while you were in the core. Yeah. With the lads. Yeah, but yeah. But they weren't right. actually work trips, they were just holidays. Yeah, so I'll, I'll include them as yeah, well. Yeah, they, um, they can. They can. But anyway, this, this one was funny. So we were sat in a bar, and you know, you got, I don't know if this happens regularly, but we sat three lads in a bar just in Madrid, it's like 11pm or whatever, getting on it, been getting on it all day, smashed. Yeah, and some geezer comes up to you. You know they do when they're, when they're like random geezers when they're on their own. And they're like come come up to the lads and start to strike up conversation. Or whatever. Is this an English guy or a Spanish guy? No, I won't tell you his nationality yet because you'll, <laughs> okay. um, you'll find that out in a minute. So he yeah, comes up yeah, and starts attract, like yeah, yeah, attract weirdos. I attract then. weirdos on a night. Yeah, you do what? really bad. Um, so we attracted one of your weirdos uh, on your behalf. <laughs> Look, he was looking for me, <laughs> and he's like buying his drinks, whatever. We're chatting, we're chatting. Um, we start to tell him like he starts to tell us what he does or what we thought he did and then he was like oh, so what do you do we didn't really tell him we were kind of being a bit shady because we thought he was a little bit of a weird character anyway he's then like oh we were like oh so what have you been up to the last couple of months and he goes oh well, yeah I've just been to um, Syria and we're like alright cool what are you doing in Syria obviously this is when shit was going on <laughs> and he's like oh yeah I was, I was there with um with this group, <laughs> we were right. like, right, okay. And he was like, yeah, 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 I'll show you a photo actually. Getting us all these bevs and that. He's like, I'll show you a photo. Gets this photo up of him in the middle of this fucking like ISIS group in Syria. Yeah. And we're like, what the fuck? We stood next to, we're obviously all you three Marines. To- we stood next to the fucking enemy essentially like <laughs> the reincarnation of Osama bin Laden yeah. and we were like what the fuck we have to get out of here now and he actually said to my mate before he, um, he was like he's a lad from Liverpool and before this all came out he was like oh, there was, they sort of had a connection on, on like they used to deal one of one of them used to deal each other Charlie or something so there was like a connection there in Liverpool back in the day and then he must have gone to Syria but yeah that was mental is this guy British? no he was I think he, was, he looked like he was Middle and East, he sounded like, like he was from Middle, Middle East, East yeah. Syrian. Fucking hell, that's dodgy. It was dark. Good job mate. you didn't let we on, fuck, yeah, let that's on it. your profession because that could have opened a right can of worms. Couldn't I think he must have known, surely, because he wouldn't just come over. Yeah, uh, he must have like, suspected sniffing, it. Sniffing around, to be honest. So that was mental. Um, there's a quick one in um, Holland, which is quite funny. Fucking hell, we're globe trotting yeah, now. Yeah. This is going all in right Holland, in so in Amsterdam, we'd gone out to like Central Club, I think it's called, something like that. One of the clubs that's. Um, yeah. Loose. Yeah, pretty loose. And we were there for till the early hours. Coming back, obviously, if you've ever been to Amsterdam, you know it's flat. It's bike central, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> one of my mates, who's quite loose anyway, decided to uh, ride someone's bike if they hadn't locked it up <laughs> properly. Right? Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto style. Because it's how they get to work and shit in the morning, isn't it? It's how they commute. Yeah, and because they're not absolute degenerates like we are, they can just leave their bike 
Yeah, not, not, and normally not, not worry about it. Because a Dutch person would rob it. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> a person from Yorkshire would. Um, so it's like... Uh, so, so partridge. So he jumps on his bike, he's cycling down the fucking street or whatever. Yeah. And he then, you know when you ghost it? When you jump yeah, off? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, <laughs> he would jump, he jumped off, let it go... Obviously, it's full of canals, isn't it? Yeah. Went straight to canal, mate. So that geezer would have woke up in the morning with an amphibious boy, yeah, yeah, expecting just to get on his bike, go to work. It had gone out and be like, "What the fuck?" And then probably seen it in the canal. And so the that thing, was funny. the thing is, he fucking knows that was a British tourist, doesn't he? One hundred and ten percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, ridiculous. That was mental. Um, so, and then, so if you're out there, uh, sorry, yeah. but I'm not. We're not getting you in here, boy. It wasn't me. I'm just telling the story. Um, I promise it wasn't me. And then there's another one who also wasn't me. But um, so you, you ever been to Hamburg? No. So in Hamburg, there's a place called the Reaper Bar, which is like the sex capital of Europe, right? <laughs> Fucking like honestly, there's brothels on every corner. Every other bar is a brothel, strip club, whatever. So it's mad. It's obviously all legal. You get like. A blazer for like twenty euros, like a shag for like thirty-five euros. It's mental. You should work for the tourism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mental yeah. flights are like hundred quid now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Click a link in the description. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. My only fans. Um, anyway, one of the lads. Obviously, we had a we had a brief. You get a brief wherever you go. Yeah. About kind of behaving, housekeeping, yeah. like we did. Um, and the, one of the things was, if you ever go to a, like, a seedy place, yeah. obviously pay cash leave your card at home yeah. right one of the lads didn't think he'd, he'd take that advice so he was again quite a loose bloke you get a lot of him in the call um, <laughs> really yeah, ended up heavy weapons believe it or not um, no he, he is a heavy weapon yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway he ended up giving he was like I've got no cash obviously horny as fuck after night out went to a brothel gave this bird his oh, card no. and she was like she must have been like oh yeah 40 euro or whatever Gave his car before anything had happened. She, without without a doubt, without fucking a second's notice, gave it to his kid, who they have on standby. Yeah. This kid runs out, mate. Gets it... I don't know how they did it, but like... Gets it cloned or Gets whatever. it cloned or something like yeah. that. Puts it in a, a car machine. And he'd lost like two and a half grand. Yeah. What, overnight, what, mate. What a fucking helmet. Like. So all his fault. And he was warned against it. But um, yeah, that was a funny one as well. That's, that's the darker side of... Yeah. Core socials, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And I imagine there'd have been a lot of stuff with um, with Amsterdam Red Light District, but I wasn't privy to that, so... Yeah. Yeah. But that, that, they're, they're main ones I so, can so recall, yeah. From the heights, the dizzy heights, of Vegas, Amsterdam, Hamburg... Yeah. Let's, let, let's bring it back to where it all began, in Exeter. Yeah. As a recruit... Oh, yeah. For anyone interested that might be going through training, yeah, what's extra like as a night out generally, mm. and then what's it like out as a recruit? Because it's my understanding that you, you you're not always granted access to everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's really good as a recruit to be fair, because it's the only place you've got, and it's you take what you're given. Um, you go out, you've got like a curfew, so you got out early, and because you've got to be back by two, so you try and get all your fucking shenanigans done in those yeah. couple of hours um, you go to a place normally called Timepiece anyone will know who's in Exeter or who's in training will know fondly of Timepiece and they will generally let you in a lot of the other clubs like, like, like Unit 1 okay, I don't know if any of these are still open but Unit 1 never would let us in 
because you can see Marine recruits fucking mm. a mile off. So like the bouncers obviously know what to look for. It's like kind of well built lads, shaved head. Yeah, it's, dressed the same. If you get the start of training as well, like the, oh, shave, yeah. the shave then is, you've got like no you spot chance. that from a mile. You've no right. chance. And actually, during training, you have no ID. They take your driving license. Remember this? Yeah. You take your driving license off you, so you only have your military ID. So if they didn't know before, they'll ID you. Now they will know. So a lot of times they'll turn you away because they know you're trouble. If they don't, you probably will be trouble <laughs> um, yeah. when you're in the club. There used to be a place in Time P. So time, you know, anyone who's from Birmingham will know snobs. Snob's got three floors, yeah. yeah. First floor. As you go up in the floors, I like to think, it gets a bit more loose, right? Yeah. Um, piece was the same. Bottom floor was pretty chill. Middle floor was where most of everything happened, like everyone was having a good time. Towards the end of the night, where it got a bit more seedy. Yeah, and then you like, would go if, into, like, that, into the like, furnace. Third level is like heavy petting vibes. Yeah, it? exactly, yeah. So that would be uh, interesting. And then uh, there was one night, who um, the bloke I went to his wedding actually the, the other day, he, I don't know what he did, he just saw red. I don't know what happened, but anyway, he was like, his missus had separated from this guy, this, guy, this rugby student, whatever. Yeah. His missus had separated from him, and I was talking to one of my mates. My other mate, this, the lad whose wedding, wedding it was, had seen that happen and sort of clocked that there'd be maybe an issue, right? And so, um, before, like a preemptive stance he took on this was hilarious. So he's like, Saw the bloke clock his missus and clock that she was with someone else, yeah. and then saw like the thought process of him going to yeah. attack his ma- attack my mate, and then before we even knew it, I just saw him dart across the dance floor and fucking nut this piece of mate. He's gone like, straight with a nut. Yeah, yeah, he straight dropped the nut, and then um, and then yeah, obviously carnage ensued. Yeah, from there. yeah. Um, but that was quite interesting, yeah. I mean, Fucking that happened hell. on a regular basis. You've got to back basis. yourself if you go straight in with a nut. Yeah, trust. I got not even by... Not even like a flailing fist. Yeah. Like he's gone straight in with straight his head. Straight in with a big head. He had a big head as well. That's probably what he used it. Yeah, there you go. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? Done that before. Um, but yeah, Exeter's decent. I think, well, we're going to find out. We're going to go down there. But yeah, yeah. I haven't actually been there as a civvy or as a train rank, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, so this will this will be dynamic. This will so like we've got a mate who's going through training at the moment, and yeah. we're going to go to his pass out weekend, aren't we? Mm. So this will be good because I've never done a weekend out in Exeter. Oh yeah, and you haven't been back in God yeah. knows how long. So we'll go back with fresh perspective. Yeah, it'll be good, uh, and we'll come and report back to the podcast. Yeah, um, but yeah, that'll be that'll be good because it'll be interesting to see the differences yeah. between the two. I mean, actually, we have got a lot of good dits about Snobs Nightclub. Yeah, and a, yeah. actually a good one about you not having military ID as well. But we'll, uh, we'll yeah. save that. We'll for, park that. We'll, for we'll park that mm. for a rainy day. It's not like on a show. It's not like <laughs> we're better than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, right. Any more loose dits? Not like I think of. They're they're kind of the main the main ones. Uh, yeah, mainly I guess stripper and brothel stories uh, 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 to boot, and then. Well, I mean, they can. You, you know, you can imagine. Yeah. I'll have a lot of those stories end. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my sergeant once gave one of the lads um, enough money to go go and get his end away with a prostitute <laughs> he pitied that yeah, much yeah. fuck was... me <laughs> Christ they were, they were in Mackey's or something uh, and the geezer who had, hadn't had obviously it got to the end of the night and wasn't getting lucky so yeah sergeant was like have you got any cash now nah, it's for euros <laughs> it's mad isn't it um, actually speaking of prostitutes or what well, actually no what happened with the Paras? When? Remember that that girl who got caught 
Uh, uh, she basically got like passed this. around a camp or something. A lot, loads of paras got got round her. Done for it. Yeah, apparently yeah. she was notorious because like they went through like the logbook, like in and out of camp. Yeah, not like, even. You have like there's a bit. Like, of even the officers have been like signing her in and that like. That's mental. And then like some been... some girls love it, mate. So like especially in Exeter because they know like that lads are in training or yeah, whatever. So they can like sniff them from a mile away. Yeah, it's mental. Some some like have it like a tick off sheet like yeah two yeah. two three two troop done <laughs> you know um, but yeah I don't know it's it's mad. it seems to be like a fetishy thing don't know yeah, well if you don't know what I'm on about I articulate that story terribly but basically like a woman got caught being brought into a military camp a military loads, camp basically. and I think for want of a better phrase like all the lads basically just gang banged her right and then the videos emerged online and then like fucking load, uh, a load, okay. a load, it all came out and they had yeah. to launch like an internal inquiry and everything. Yeah, there's a few of those things that happen. Um, That's the paras though. Yeah, it's it's completely different. We won't get that kind of behaviour in the wrong race. No, no, no. <laughs> it's far too reputable in the wrong race yeah. for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, like you do get those kind of, kind of women. We always got warned off in Norway actually because the, the, the child support bills are mental. If you get a Norwegian um, bird pregnant, yeah. game over, mate. Sound advice that, and then you fucking you kind of tethered to Norway indefinitely. Then yeah, well, exactly. So they're always like, be fucking careful, because yeah. often they'll see that you're English and maybe like maybe you're well spoken or maybe you're confident, whatever. They'll see you're English and competent, yeah. And they'll come and like oh, give themselves away to yeah, you. Yeah, I fancy a bit of that kind yeah. of thing. And then they they'll force you to well not force you, but you know, it's almost like raping. Almost. It is all murky territory again. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. So, finally, going back, I was going to ask you this before, but I forgot. Mm. This is my own curiosity. Okay. The key differences between military and civilian travel. Okay. So, like, when you went on these trips, yeah, not the holidays, as in, like, yeah, you know, yeah. when you went That's to the all. States and Norway, yeah. do you fly from military bases? Yeah, you fly from um, RAF bases. Okay, and are you in, like, Cargo planes, or are they like converted civilian airlines? Sometimes you're in um, a big cargo plane, it's just like nothing's in there, uh, just the blokes, and they'll ferry you across. Other times, most of the time when I went, you were in uh, just a converted commercial airline, basically. That's a bit dull. Yeah, I'd but it's not too bad. It, yeah, I would, but it's, it's not that bad because it's like empty. It's an empty flight, make you chilled out, ran by the RAF, so they bring you around good food. It's sound. Yeah, so like, do you have all the usual. CV airplane nausey stuff of like custom security. You have security, but obviously you bring in fucking magazines that around. Don't you? Like, it's <laughs> anything, not normal security. Anything to declare. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well how long you got? I've got a rifle, <laughs> uh, a grenade, plastic explosion. Yeah, yeah, all that gets sent separate. But anyway, um, yeah, you have you don't go through like an airport traditionally. You'll you'll go into a hangar, a big fucking building with nothing in there really, like a vending machine. You'll be waiting for like eight hours for your flight because the RAF are terrible with admin. Um, you'll go through like, like I say, tiny bit of security stuff and then you'd be on the plane. Done. done. Your baggage gets taken. That's it. That sounds pretty Gucci to be fair. Yeah, you do have to like, still make sure you don't have the normal stuff in your main baggage. Yeah. You know, but they obviously have leeway for like magazines and weapon attachments and stuff they don't have in civil airlines. Um, like I said, having said that, normal airplane security shit anyway. Remember when you brought that knife back from Zantu? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, In fact, no, you got it both ways. Full disclosure, by the way. I didn't intentionally do this. <laughs> yeah. It was like a little fucking folding knife that I had in my day sack that I was taking to Zanti. 
Didn't check it was in there. Didn't check it wasn't in there. Just went through. Put it through the scanner, didn't I? And it, it, nothing came up. It was in like the front pocket. <laughs> yeah. Just obvious. Shit. And then I brought it back as well. And it was only when I come back and was unpacking, I was like, fucking hell. I had a knife there both yeah. ways. Um, but yeah, so that was mental. And then the biggest difference I think I can think of is the fact, obviously, you choose where you go when you're going for a civilian holiday. Yeah. You choose when you're in a nice place. You go to like the fucking, you go to these interesting countries, right? Like Norway or like Estonia, America. But you go to like the arsehole of the place. Yeah. It's like, it's not like traditional. You think, oh, you go to, went to Estonia, that's really cool. Didn't see fucking anything of Estonia. No. I saw like 20 miles of fucking desolate countryside, yeah. basically. Because uh, we were just on a mad. Um, yes, yeah, so you don't really get base. real taste for the people, do you? Because No, it's nothing like traveling, really. And that's why when I left, I was like, part of my reason was to go traveling. Some of the sergeants were like, fucking hell, you travel in the corps, you know? But, or, but you it's do. Not, it's not, it's like. It's not the same, is it? Like, you go into places, but you're not experiencing them. No, exactly. You're you not could doing be fucking own, anywhere, could you? Could be in, you could be in any desert in the world. Yeah. And and the thing is, while obviously, like, we've been through, like, going to these places and getting pissed is hilarious and really good fun. When you're pissed, you could be anywhere, can you? <laughs> like, yeah. you don't fucking know no. your ass and your elbow when you're pissed. So. You're actually further not experiencing that place because you're pissed. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. the major difference. I think we've I think we covered the major points there. Yeah. Oh, we're going to end on the deep dive. Yes. Got to remember yeah, that. Yeah, we've got a tradition. Do you want to explain it? I'll get it up. Yeah, so tradition on the podcast, we end with a deep dive into Shep's training group chat. I randomly pick out two pictures blindly and he has to he has to explain the context behind them yeah let me just get the chat up I don't want to get it up ahead of time because it'll be inauthentic for you guys so I get it up in, in the moment okay right let them load what a bit. dream they're in for the visually impaired or for audio listeners yeah. I am now scrolling through the phone has been passed the phone has been passed uh oh what are we going for with nudity or we had a bit of nudity last time yeah we did what's this one right okay this is a good one okay so we'll click this now okay i think so it's either one of our training team that the, the lads have found like a really yeah. really old facebook for the visually impaired of audio listeners it's basically a kid who looks like what can I describe sure. as like <laughs> yeah he looks like oh, is he, it's like one of the kids that are cheaper by the dozen so yeah, he looks kind like of like the mid, main mid 90s like in the striped pyjamas really <laughs> shmuel yeah. Yeah. yeah and he's wearing a bergen that is basically the same size as him oh I think okay that's is, probably what it is do right. is it are they taking the piss out yeah somewhere? let me do that justice Um. so that was me or Blod the, the two smallest in the troop Whenever we put our massive fucking ridiculous burgers on, <laughs> that's what we look like. Right. So actually, it's not any of the training team or any of the lads. I think it's just a picture of a young, scrawny kid, which is what I was when I was fucking going through training, picking up a bag that's far too big for, for them, <laughs> which is what we were doing. So that's what it was. Right, okay. Next one. Yeah. Been drawn towards this one. Okay. Naturally. Right. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. I don't know if you that. Um, yeah, so that's just one of the lads' sisters. Again, classic. We went through last week. If you haven't seen that episode, go and skip to the end of it or whatever. <laughs> um, and that's basically 
the same kind of thing there. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to give away too many spoilers for the next episodes, but this group chat is quite sister heavy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there was a. I feel like there was a phase it, where lads yeah, went through like everyone's Instagram. We're like, who's got a fit sister? Put it in the chat. It's got the lowest form of humour. Yeah, it? exactly. Like... So that was what that was. I think that's a pretty raunchy photo to be on your Instagram, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit loose. It's a bit loose. That that'll be that'll be, you, you, that'll be behind a paywall these days, won't it? <laughs> yeah, it she's nice making dollar She's making that. bank now. <laughs> I think she's a lawyer. Good well result. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been into two to an episode in it. Yeah, we'll cap it at that. Yeah, Stay sure. tuned for more loose imagery next week. Yeah, what's next week's episode? Tell them before. It's a Q and A. It's myth. It's myth busting. Okay. So exciting one next week actually. So we've got almost no plan, but to have no plan is the plan. So Eddie's going to come up with some Q and A, or do you want me to put something on Instagram or whatever? So I think if we do a combination of, I'll put my silly hat on, yeah. and come up with some questions, yeah, as Someone kind of just... like a base structure, yeah. And then if you throw something out on your socials, yeah, we'll do, and we'll cherry pick like the best and funniest questions, yeah, and then we'll just go through them for like an hour. So that should be good. Um, yeah, we'll try so and keep it a bit less like information heavy. Yeah. Because the the tens the questions I tend to get on Instagram are very, you know, educational. We'll try and keep them out of it to keep it fun. And then the following episode we've got something else which will be a bit more down that road. Yeah. So if you've got any boring questions or kind of like admin questions, fuck them off. We Save want, them for the We next want week. weird, wonderful, like yeah. perverted, bit bit dark. Yeah. Anything Anything and everything goes, basically. And if you've got any that you don't want to put them anywhere else, just put them in the comments for this episode. Yeah. And we'll get to them. Sweet. Awesome. See you next time. Yeah. See you in a bit.